The Accidental Entrepreneur is produced by Beinhacker Law and brought to you through our affiliate relationships with the following sponsors. One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the average podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. North Authentic, the conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world. The Healthy Place, the e-commerce site with thousands of supplements to help you live a healthier life, along with natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. How many patients do you need to bring through that door in order to break even? He had no idea. No idea. I know that's the thing. Doctors really think they could just practice medicine, all take care of themselves. But that's why a lot of them end up selling out to these hospital groups and stuff because they can't manage themselves. Yeah. And that's exactly it. They don't realize that they're entrepreneurs and they really Mm -hmm. are. You know who the ones that are good at it because they have less choice are the chiropractors. They're, (laughs) They're business people. And I think chiropractic school teaches them to be business people, you know, you know, the fact that I went back to to college and got my degrees, you know, I was in a position where I could. Okay. You know, I had a husband had a job, a good job. I could take time off because my son was in middle school. We didn't want him being a latchkey kid. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get my degrees. Okay. Well, mom did the same thing actually when she was in the thirties, she (laughs) never got a college degree. She went. Yeah. Yep. But that's where I realized I didn't know what I didn't know about running a business. Right. Okay. I knew marketing, I knew graphic design, but I didn't know the business side of things. Yeah. So um, the reason I started Market Academy Academy was in order to bring that college level learning mm-hmm. in an environment and in a uh, a manner that micro business owners could understand. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. Hi, this is Dana Olivo, the business birthing specialist with Marketatomy.com and Marketatomy.academy. All right, Dana. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, I was thinking, how how did we connect? Did we connect through a networking group or somebody, I say one of the websites? Through, I think it was through Podmatch or okay. something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I get a lot of connections with Podmatch and Matchmaker FM and yes, yes. podcast guests. They're good websites. They're good websites. Mm -hmm. And you're Mm -hmm. a podcaster too. You have a podcast. We'll talk all about 
all about that. But maybe you could take us back before we get into Market Academy and what it does and the Academy and all the great things you're doing for entrepreneurs. Maybe we go into your background and talk about, you know, where you're from and what your training was and how you got into business and all those types of things. Well, you know, um, I come from about 35 years within the architectural engineering construction market. Okay. Uh, I worked um, business strategy uh, as well as marketing and uh, business development within that industry, mostly on the commercial side. I worked through every single logistical cycle within that industry. Got it. Um, so in 2009, when I was laid off from one of the world's largest construction management firms, um, that's how I ended up in Brazil. Brazil had just won the awards for both the 2014 uh, World Cup Games and mm -hmm. the 2016 Summer Olympics. So with my knowledge and experience, I knew what was getting ready to break loose down there. Okay. And we're struggling here. So that was Rio, right? Rio and Sao Paulo. Oh, okay. They were both Rio Brazil, and right. Sao Paulo. Yeah. I remember that. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, no. So I spent uh, the next three and a half, four years working between the U.S. and Brazil, creating inroads for companies here that were struggling to partner with companies down in Brazil. Oh, okay. So you started helping entrepreneurs do business down there. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I would basically work with the clients down there, the partners down there, get them to the decision table. Mm -hmm. introduce them to the different technologies because understand Brazil was a good five to eight years behind us. Right. Technology in systems, methodologies, everything. And so uh, I was basically working to get them to the decision table and introducing new, new systems. And, you know, we ended right. up introducing um, steel technology because Brazil was known for their cement. That's what okay. they manufactured. Um, but they just did not have the time in order to build the facilities and everything else that they needed using cement. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so people, so you've made a connection and they built a steel plant down there. Well, no, not, or they, they just sold them steel. steel. Yeah, no, we introduced the methodology, steel construction methodology. I system. see what you're saying. I see okay. what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So when, when was the, what year was that? How far back was that? 2009, 2010. Okay. Yeah, 2009, 2010. They were, um, Brazil was going through um, a major overhaul because they had won these awards and yeah. they had put a lot of effort into having these games turn things around for them. Right, because it brings a lot of economic. Um, it does. Uh, you know, it does. Stuff to the town, you but, know, jobs uh, and yeah, unfortunately, as much as I love Brazil, they're like my second home when it comes to planning, which I am all about strategic planning. Obviously, when it right. Comes to planning, they are terrible. Yeah. They are terrible. And that's what gets them in trouble because they end up, you know, um, overspending or, right. you know, getting into a pinch as far as getting things done. They managed to pull it out, which was good. But uh, a lot of those facilities end up sitting. They don't get yeah, I mean, that's what happens. Everybody leaves. The games are over and exactly. it goes back to the way it was. And you, you exactly. made your money and that's and then what happens? That happened in China, too, I think. Yeah, they're, it did. they're reusing some of the stuff, I think, from the Summer Olympics. But yeah. 
right? No, but what we tried doing down in Brazil is to introduce to them, okay, let's take it a step farther. Let's look at, they were in the middle of what they called the PAC-2, which is where they wanted to build, I think it was like a million homes. Right. Or, um, you know, those that were in the favelas and things like that, trying to clean up the favelas. Um, what are favelas? Like poor? The favelas are the slums. Got it. The favelas okay. are the slums down in Brazil. And um, so they were trying to clean up the favelas, but they weren't, they didn't take into consideration, first of all, how these people who were squatting in the, you know, in, you know, who were in the favelas, how they would take to being relocated, yeah. first of all. Secondly, um, they had a, a tremendous issue as far as their labor force because uh, the previous president, Lula, had introduced a program that paid similar to our welfare system. Right. Okay. And as a result, there were a lot of people, especially in the favela areas, that said, why would I go to work for somebody right. when I'm getting paid the same amount through the yeah. government? You right. Know? So their, their labor force was hit pretty hard. You know, there's a lot of things that they struggled with, you know. Yeah, we so, learned a lot of that during the pandemic, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> what do I have to wash dishes for when I make the same amount of money on unemployment? <laughs> well, that's exactly it. And look at it. There's been um, my understanding through reports I've read. There's been like an 84 percent increase in new business license applications yeah. since the beginning of COVID. You know, and if we don't get a handle on which we're getting into why market atomy was developed. If we don't get a handle on the number of failed micro businesses, we're going to be hurting in a few years. Yeah, there's no question about it because the yeah. failure rate it'll still be at the same percentage, but it's going to be a lot more. It's going to be a lot businesses. more. And and yeah. usually those statistics don't even account for the ones that struggle and just keep going but aren't doing, you know, aren't really doing well. They're just surviving. Yes. yes exactly. That's, so in it, back to your question as far as where my background comes from, I've failed in business twice before. Right. So I know what these micro businesses are going through. And I know the struggles that they go through to find the help that they need in order to, you know, succeed in business. And when I couldn't find it, you know, it just, not only does it, does it hurt the individual who fails in business, but the family environment is hurt sure. in the psyche of the business owner takes it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So that was, that answers my question. Then I was going to say, where did you come up with the, what was the genesis for the business that you run now it was basically because you saw there was a need. Um, there yeah, are some programs. I don't know if you have score down there and some of these programs, but they're, you know, they fill, they yeah. fill different buckets. They don't really. Exactly. It. That's exactly question. it. Score is a great program for introducing, um, you know, small businesses to what they need to be looking at, you know, and things like that. But SCORE does not bring what these micro business owners who don't know what they don't know right. about running a business, okay? They don't bring that whole hand-holding, that, that, that sequential help that right. they need. Right, right, okay? right. No, they'll a help you write a business plan, get the thoughts together, but then you're kind of on your own. Yeah, what do I do next, you right. know? And that's where a lot of these business owners come in is they say, okay, I've got a great business. I know I can make money with my product or service, yeah. but they don't know how to build that infrastructure around that product or service to succeed. Yeah. 
and they don't know what they don't know when it comes to operations, to cash flow, to finance, to, you know, right. marketing, right. Yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, all of that. Yeah. Uh, I jokingly tell them, you know, uh, you could have the best product or service in the world, but if you don't have customers coming through your door, it's like being pregnant without a way to deliver. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's funny that look, that's why it's called the accidental entrepreneur, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, I, I, and I always boil down. It's funny because I boil down if you really want to boil down a business plan, you know, you're, you're, how you're going to strategically attack your business. It falls in the exact four buckets that you said, right? You have your product or service, right? But you got to focus on your marketing, got to focus on your your skills, your people. Do you need people? Maybe there's things you're doing you don't know how to do and your financials. And if any one of those things is ignored, it's not that it can't be dealt with, right? There are resources, your company, other things. But if you ignore it and you, and you figure, oh, you're so excited about making this product. I'm talking to people in China and around the United States to produce this and that. And then you end up with a garage full of stuff. And you, you don't even know if the marketplace is going to buy it with the price. You don't have any of that stuff lined up. You've just wasted money, time, you know, and exactly. it didn't have to be that way, right? Yep, that's exactly it. You know, in fact, um, Marketatomy was founded on a five-phased growth process that, you know, early stage businesses, new businesses, micro businesses, whatever, you know, need to go through. And it begins with the actual napkin stage, seeing the business, deciding, okay, I'm going to go into business. What am right. I going to stop? That type deal. But then once you've done that, you need to make sure that it's going to be a viable product or service. Are people going to pay the money that needs to be made in order to, you know, or do they want it? That's what right. we call, that's what we call the prove it stage or phase. Yeah. And then they move into the biggest phase, which is the build it phase. Because once they've proven viability and everything, now they need to start start setting up those systems and those processes and the operations, right. you know, the hiring, everything that they need, you know, right. in order to um, facilitate the business. Right. Yeah. I find a lot of business owners skip the prove it stage. Oh, they do. And they jump to, they're so excited about their product and their service and this, and they start off and they don't even, they haven't even asked the question just because it's, there's a, there's a void for whatever you do or whatever you're making or that there might be a void because nobody wants it. I, I don't know. It's not it's that exactly. big of a deal to people. And you think it's a big deal. And yeah, I think, and, and I find that the good entrepreneurs that I've interviewed and probably that you've worked with, they constantly test, they constantly ask their customers they're not confident, and they shouldn't be, that whatever the reason is they think that people are buying their product or service, that they're correct. Because usually we're wrong or it changes or whatever, and we're just getting lucky. And, and the really good ones are always, always asking and testing and trying different things. And, hey, you know, why, why did you buy that from me? What, what was the reason? Why, what, how did that help you? And then they say, well, well, we needed to do this. And then you go, really? Like, yeah. And then it opens up a whole, right? And then you build new systems around that. And I... That's exactly. the frustration that I have as a business attorney. As a business, as a business attorney, yeah, exactly. You know, if if anything, they don't think about the legal aspects starting out. Oh my God, you forget know, about don't it. They don't have anything that. in writing. They don't think about the yeah. accounting aspects starting out. They don't right. think about how they're going to set up their business. You know. Yeah. Um. You know, we all we all go through that as early stage business owners, unless right. you have an MBA in business and a marketing degree or something like that. You know, in fact, when I had failed twice before, it was after those two failures that I went back to school. 
Yeah. Because I had a degree in marketing uh, or an AA in marketing and, and graphic design. And I went back to school and spent the next two years getting my BS degree in marketing business yeah. and uh, management information systems, which is database design. Right. Well, okay. you know, failing in business is kind of like you learning what you don't know. Exactly. Right? You don't know what you don't know. But then you found out, wait, I don't know that. So you go That's back. Exactly. And I think people could if they put the time in. Right. You could you could not get in your own MBA online, but you can learn a lot. And the business owners that I know, like you mentioned, financials and accounting, they know their numbers and they know. You know, if there's some sort of a service business, they know how many new customers they need before they add another team to service these people. I mean, they have their numbers really down and they don't have to be doing the accounting themselves, right? You can yeah. hire a bookkeeper, but you got to be able to look at them and know what it means and say, oh yeah, okay, yeah. we're there. We just hit 25 customers. Now we can add three people because we know what our profit margins are and everything. And people don't what, do that. They just you know, willy nilly. They're like, oh, we're busy. Dana, yeah. we're busy. So we better hire two more people. And you're like, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's exactly it. I had a uh, a client I was working with. Um, he was a physician, and um, they had um, spent a whole lot of money building their, outfitting their office, building out, you know, um, their As doctors office. Doctors do, right? Yeah, yeah, their office and everything, you know. And um, before he had hired me, okay, and then I'm in there and I'm talking to him. And this was a new office, like he didn't have patients yet? This was a new office, and it was a urgent care office, okay, first of all. okay, so you'd think there'd be people waiting in the parking lot when you got there, right? Yeah. So their their reasoning for positioning where they were was it was a very busy intersection, and they figured, okay, we're just going to attract the customers that way. Right. And then he then their hours were eight until five. When people are at work. Well, not only that, the doctor's offices are open. Oh, right, right, right. Because Archie Care, yeah. you generally go and your doctor's not available. Exactly. Right. So after getting through that with them, you know, and I asked him, I said, um, how many patients do you need to bring through that door in order yeah. to break even? He had no idea. He had no idea. I know mean, that's no the idea. thing. Like, Doctors really think they could just practice medicine, all take care of themselves. But that's why a lot of them end up selling out to these hospital groups and stuff because they can't manage themselves. Yeah. And that's exactly it. They don't realize that they're entrepreneurs and they really Mm -hmm. are. You know who the ones that are good at it because they have less choice are the chiropractors. They're they're business people. And I think chiropractic school teaches them to be business people, you know, you know, the fact that I went back to, to college and got my degrees you know, I was in a position where I could. Okay. You know, I had a right. husband had a job, a good job. I could take time off because my son was in middle school. We didn't want him being a latchkey kid. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get my degrees. Okay. Yeah. Well, my mom did the same thing actually when yeah. she was in her thirties, she <laughs> never got a college degree. She went. Yeah. Yep. But that's where I realized I didn't know what I didn't know about running a business. Right. Okay. I knew marketing, I knew graphic design, but I didn't know the business side of things. Yeah. So um, the reason I started Marketatomy Academy was in order to bring that college level learning Mm -hmm. in an environment and in a, uh, a manner that micro business owners could understand. Sure. Yeah, because college is intimidating to people, especially as they're it older. Is. They're like, oh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a kid. Why am I going to college? You know, 
but they can go to Market Atomy Academy. They can learn how to put a cash flow together. Right. They can learn how to look at their systems and their methodologies and 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 how to think right. more systematically. You know, these are the kind of things that we're bringing to the academy, so they don't have to spend the dollars right. or the time going back to school. This is a do-it-yourself environment, and every class or course offered through the academy comes with a learning component uh-huh. and an interactive component. So they okay. learn and then they move into an active component towards they build a strategy or a program customized for their business based on what they learned. So they come out with a working model. They come out with a working plan as opposed to becoming self-help. Right. You know, yeah, figuring so. it out on their own. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because you know, most of the time when you go to conferences and stuff like that, you learn a whole bunch. You come back, you're all pumped. Yeah, you got all kinds of stuff and you, and you don't know what to and do And then with nothing it. happens. Right, of course. <laughs> you have all kinds of notes. And if you look back, you were like, I'm going to do this. And you probably can make a whole list of things that you didn't do. I definitely, know. definitely guilty of that when I would go to these marketing, get all pumped up. And then you know what? Some of that, though, is commitment to success in your business. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting, and I'm not, you know, saying that people aren't committed to being successful. They all want to be successful, right? It's just that, and I forget where I I learned that maybe from my father, but it's probably an adage from a hundred years ago, right? Is that successful people do the things that unsuccessful people are unwilling to do, not generally unable to do. There is time, like you said, you don't know certain things, you educate yourself, but you're not unable to go educate yourself. You can do that. And the ones that are relentless and they're ed- they're learning and doing and, you know, and they, and they, they, and, and look, they learn very early on that just because you have cash flow doesn't mean that you're really in business. We learned that during the pandemic. Well, I mean, a perfect example is market atomy. Okay. When I started this, um, like I said, I, I, back in 2009, I was working down in Brazil and stuff like that, but it was market atomy didn't come about until, uh, about 2015. Okay? okay. And it came about because while I was down in Brazil, okay, um, one of Brazil's city buses, rapid city buses hit me crossing the street. Hit to my you apartment. like you were on your feet? I was on my feet. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So um, I guess you survived because you're here. So we can talk. Yes, about it. I, I survived. <laughs> And needless to say, I ended up, there was about a year there. I went through surgeries and, and rehab and stuff like that. In well, while, Brazil? No, three oh. months in Brazil. And then you had to come. Yeah, I'm sure that's not, you I don't want to stay. come home because yeah, I you had to stay there too long. Collapsed lung and all oh. that other stuff. Oh, this is serious. You were seriously injured. Seriously. I had seven broken ribs. Oh, my God. Time. I had um, two bro- broken um, humerus bones. I had two blown eye sockets. A hematoma. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. in this. And I didn't know this was going to turn into a survivor's story. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow. I jokingly tell them down there that I am the poster child of traffic planning. <laughs> yeah, probably you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so, so anyway, yeah, and you couldn't come home for a couple of months until you were able to travel back, right? Exactly. And so understand, want... I was the only person that was my company. I did not have Right. A you were a solopreneur, right? Yeah. So, like a lot of us. Kind of, yeah. But when I got back, what happened was a lot of the other colleagues, friends that had gone through the recession that I did back in 2006, 7, 8, 9. Right. That was when the real estate market collapsed and everything. Yeah. Right. They had started their own business, just like what's going on with COVID. Right. And they came 
came to me and they would say, Dana, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I can't right. seem to attract these customers. I'm bleeding money. You know, what am I doing wrong? Well, in the process of talking to them, that's when it became uh, blatantly uh, obvious to me they didn't know what they didn't know. Right. Okay. So in an effort to explain to them in a language that they understood, um, I developed what's called the marketatomy concept. So it was really just as a friend, you were helping them. And then you're like, wait a second, there's a guy that there are more people that need this help. Right. Exactly. It's interesting because your business is almost like the anat is a funny, funny analogy, but the anatomy of a business, because you're creating your own business using the same methodology that you're now teaching other people. So when you think about it, you know, and it's funny, you said that, you know, marketing anatomy, right? Exactly. Anatomy concept is all about how a business compares to the human anatomy. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to get into podcasting? Maybe to market your business for your own enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets, and be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created specially for our listeners. Care for your health, care for the planet, and look flippin' great doing it. North Authentic is a conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world. Their pro stylists curate only the most fabulous non-toxic hair products with better-for-you shampoos, serums, masks, and more that actually give you gorgeous hair without hurting your health or the planet. Hey, you've only got one life, one planet, and one glorious mane. Might as well treat them all as best you can, right? Try a 100% clean hair care routine prescribed just for you using their link in the show notes. If you don't see a big, beautiful difference in how your hair looks and feels, you can tell them they're crazy. Do you battle chronic pain, stress, anxiety, or depression? Well, if you take any supplements or you're interested in natural alternatives, you need to know about findyourhealthyplace.com. Find Your Healthy Place has thousands of supplements to help you live a better quality of life, as well as natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. Need guidance? Use their live chat feature and talk to a wellness consultant right on their website. And be sure to use our coupon code TAEPODCAST for all your purchases to get the best prices at findyourhealthyplace.com. Follow their links in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. Oh, that's easy to understand. Yep. So I, as I explained to them, you know, in the process, because they were having problems attracting customers. Yeah. And I said, okay, in your, in the human body, you've got the heart. Mm-hmm. And that is your why. That is why you what do what you, you do. Right. Okay. Right. Of course. It's the same thing in business. Yeah. What is your why? Yeah. It's not to make a whole bunch of money. Yeah. I, some people know? don't know what their why is. And they're just, yeah. you know. You've got to identify what your why is. Yeah. In the brain of the human body, it sends all the signals to the heart. It tells the heart what to do. You know, right. it's, it's basically. Well, in business, that's your playbook. 
That's where your systems, your methodologies, your finances, even your product or service descriptions are in the brain of the business business plan is your working document. Exactly. So I tell them, can the brain operate without the heart in the human body? Right. Well, it's like the way we make decisions, right? We make emotional decisions, but we want to back it up with logic. Yeah. Yeah. And I say it's the same thing in business. You need the heart and the brain working together. Yeah. To push your marketing message out through the veins of the body, which are your marketing channels, to the body, which is your market, your target audience. But when you think about it, the soul of the business is you. Yeah. You are the soul. It's your passion. It's your morals. It's everything that is you drives that business. Because if you don't have all of this in place, you won't have those customers coming through the door. Right. Yeah. You know, so that's how Marketatomy was developed. That's how we came up with Marketatomy. I showed it to my husband um, when I first did it. And he says, he says, Dana, either they're going to look at it and say, okay, let's get started. Let's get started. Or they're going to look at that and they're going to, they're going to run away because it's too much work. I think that's the problem. I think, you know, when it comes to your heart and your why, right, as entrepreneurs, a lot of people are very right brain, right? They're very creative. They're excited about what they're doing and they don't want to, they shy away from the left brain stuff, the the stuff up here that you need to make the business successful. And, and, and that's what happens. And then they don't know their numbers and they don't know their cash flow and they don't have a game plan and, you know, and all the things that go through it. And like you said, if you don't have customers coming, I mean, that's the lifeblood of any business. So if you don't have cut people that are doing business with you, all the other stuff doesn't matter. No, right. They doesn't. can come to you, learn how to run their business, have all this great stuff in play. Nobody's walking through the door. You're at that yep. big intersection and people just keep driving by. It doesn't matter. It's all the other stuff is kind of a waste. So yeah. that they so got to figure I, that out at the beginning. Yeah. You know, so when I was starting out, um, you know, and and my focus was on micro business owners. Okay, Um, we I always knew they can't afford my consulting services. They can't afford my afford my mentoring. A lot of my startups have the same problem. Yeah. Yeah. And um, everybody kept saying, well, you need to focus on those that are already. And I said, that's not the market. That's not the gap in the market right now. Right. So I had to figure out how I was going to be able to service these micro business owners yeah. in a way that they could afford, which is where the academy came about. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, you, you that's exactly your problem, right? You find a marketplace that needs your services, but doesn't have the ability to pay for your services in the traditional right. way. Right. So you figured out a way to bring it to them in mass and, and at a and lower cost to you. And yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it takes. Right. When you're in business, you know what your why is, your passion is, you find a way to make it happen, you know, and you go through and you break through those barriers that are going to keep you from doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how you succeed in business. That is how you succeed in business. That's true. And, you know, being relentless and perseverant and all that stuff is important. But yeah, I mean, look, finding companies like yours that can teach you stuff and allow you to do things at a cost that you can swallow. And then as you grow, you know, you, you get a, a full-time coach. I'm sure you offer those services too. And, and you work oh, yes. closer with somebody one-on-one and you really become a mentor and, and you build your, your business. And by the way, I'm a big fan of, you know, advisory boards, mentors, you know, yeah. because people don't realize that's what you learn when you, what you know, what you don't know, other people can teach you, you know, and, and, and look, we know the most successful people use coaches. 
It's the unsuccessful people that aren't, that need the coaches. They're not using them. Well, the, the whole premise of Marketatomy is it's more than just education. It comes with the accountability and the mentoring that yeah. is needed because, yeah. you know, as, as entrepreneurs, we are going to hit those roadblocks and right. we're going to question, did I do the right thing? Yeah. Have I yeah. done the right thing? And you need those coaches. You need those mentors to kind of guide you through that. Yeah. And um, you need somebody to bounce things off of if you don't have right. a partner. Even if you right. do have a partner, they may be as clueless as you. I mean, you're both trying to run this business just because you're partners. It helps because you can talk things out. But it's still yeah. you sometimes you need outside people that are not, you know, exactly invested it. in emotionally. Right. In success, you know, in the in the shiny objects in your business that everybody gets so. So right. excited about, excited about. So, yeah. So um, it's interesting because I think that you have um, confirmed for me what I think are the four or five, you know, not major steps. And then you you see the steps that are big ones that people, you know, skip. They just, they really have shiny object syndrome. They really don't know, you know, their numbers. Well, the yeah. yeah, the fourth step does get into after the build it and after you've proven the business model, okay? The fourth step is the funding. People want to go straight from seeing the product or seeing the business into the funding stage. Right. What they don't realize is what they're giving up when they try and go for the money up front. Right. You've got, you've got As opposed to, to like bootstrapping, right? Exactly. It's, yeah. you know, self-funded, you know, those kind of things. Until you've got that proven business model, then you can go for the funding. But that funding is what leads to the growth stage. That's yeah. the fifth stage. Right. But it doesn't have to be, you know, not every business goes for seed funding and then an A round and a B round. I mean, exactly. that's, those are founders, exactly. often high tech. Most business owners, maybe some friends and family help them get started. But for the most part, you don't have to be, no. you know, raise a million dollars or $10 million and then burn through it all. Right. No, you're absolutely right. You know, that's the first thing they think about when, you know, uh, a lot of them when they first start out is, oh, I'll go for venture capital or I'll go for, you know, angel funding, you know, and stuff like that. What they don't realize is, first of all, they need to put themselves in the shoes of these venture capitalists. Oh, yeah. You better be sharp with investors. all of your numbers and everything you've done, exactly. the market research and your product, everything, because these people yep. are going to look at you very it's hard well, to raise that kind of money. Just watch, watch Shark Tank. You know, of if course. you look at Shark Tank, the first questions they ask is, what kind of sales have you had? Right. You know, those kind of things. You know, what kind of market are you looking at? Those are the things that you figure out in the first three phases. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, because if an investor is looking at your at your your pitch deck, your business plan, whatever it is, if it doesn't make sense to him or her, they're going to move on to the next deal. They're going to be like, well, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. So this, this doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work. But yeah, I think people just think they can go out and raise money. And it's, um, look, the most successful people, they'll tell you, they talk to 100, 200, 300, 400 people before they raise their first million dollars, which is a very big right. cap table, you and I know. If you have 400 people for a million bucks, you're managing a lot of different people and a lot of different relationships. But right. that's what happens. And they, But those are the kind of businesses where they needed the money to produce the product. Um, I have a client of mine right now that I'm working with that has, has licensed technology for um, what's, what's the word, um, um, you know, like, uh, access using hand scanning, things like that. Right. We use Iris and things. Yep, so it's, yep. a, it's another technology. Well, they've gotten to the stage where they've done all the work and now they've done the prototype. They've done the, now they have people that are looking to distribute the product. They just need to produce the product. So 
now uh-huh. through a small investment banker, they're looking to raise seed money, a couple of million dollars, but they're ready to mm-hmm. produce this product. They have the person, they have the company to make it. They just need to make the device so they can start it using it and selling it and testing it and things like that. But it took him a long time to get there. It took him a very long time to get there of his own money and bootstrapping things. Um, That's exactly it. There's, and there's a lot of money that goes into development of a product like that. Yeah. And and the thing is, is we've got so many young, not even just young, but older as well, but so many entrepreneurs out there that are very good at the programming and the development of these applications and these right. programs. The product itself, in service. But to go to market, they have no idea. I mean, I'm a database designer, okay? Right. And I have developed a, a uh, assessment platform, okay, that's still in the development stages. I don't do the programming. Right. I design. I'm the architect, you know, that type deal. And so I'm still waiting on them to finish just the last maybe 8% of this platform so that right. I can start beta testing. Yeah. You know, right. I've already got the marketing all laid out. Everything's yeah. all laid right. out. Right, because you're not the programmer. You need the programmers yeah. to do but it. But I need, I need them to finish this up, you know. So, and, but that's all they know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So this gentleman who has this product, he didn't make the product. It was through some other company, Department of Energy grant or whatever, but they're not business people. They're engineers. So they licensed it to him. He's a business guy and that's what he's focusing on. Yeah. So that, but that's what makes these things happen. When you know what your lane is and you know what you're good at, there are ways to be in business and not try and do things that you're not skilled to do. You got to get other people in, in the loops. And that's what these people do. They make these things, whatever it is they develop, and then they license it. And then they let the people who know what they're doing, marketing and building the product, do that portion of it. Yeah. And sometimes licensing is the answer. You know, sometimes it might be just hiring somebody to do the programming or do this or. Yeah. Or joint venture or something like that. Yeah. Something to that effect, you know, but understanding where your weaknesses are and, and being able to rely on those experts to help you where your, where your shortfalls are. Sure. Yeah. Well, the death knell of any business owner is him thinking he or she thinking they can do everything themselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. Or thinking that it's cheaper for them because ultimately it ends up costing them more. Right. When they try and do it all themselves. Much more time, they're energy, of money. course. No, I, you know, money. when I have to, um, uh, as a solo entrepreneur, I'm not really, I have, I work with gig economy and stuff. Right. So I have a right. team that I work with, but as a solo entrepreneur, when I'm thinking about, you know, like I know I have to do this marketing or I have to do this and it's going to cost this much, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I I also know as a strategist, I can't do my own strategy. I cannot, you know, uh, work on my own strategy. So I have a strategist that works with me and I work with him and, and he says, okay, here's what we, th- we we need to do, you know, and everything. I said, okay, what's what's the cost going to be and everything? And he tells me and I say, okay. I says, your job is to make that happen. My job is to find the money so that you right. can make it happen. Exactly. Because that's they're where supposed to do it. That's your is. job, right? Yeah. My expertise is going out and finding the money, you know, either with products or something. Um, and that's the way you have to look at it. You know, yeah. you have to look at just because money's not in the bank account right now, you have to look at, okay, what can I do today that's going to help funnel that fund, those funds into what I need to do? Right. You know? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. You can't base business decisions on what is in your bank account right now. Right. But at the same time, if you go for a loan, if you decide that the way you're going to do this or fund this is you're going to go for a loan or, you know, uh, an equity loan or something like that. I tell my customers, if you're going to go for an equity loan and put yourself in debt, make sure that debt goes to revenue earned. Okay, because yeah. so the money you, pay it back. In, you want it paid back. Right. Okay. You don't want to invest in something in some kind of capital or something like that, that is not going to generate revenue. If it's a fleet of trucks or, you know, or something like that, that you need in order to do your business, that's one thing. You know, if it's marketing costs, marketing is going to bring in revenue right. as long as you do it the right way. Right. Yeah. You know? No, understandable. All right. So let's go. I know we're, I don't know how much time you have, but maybe we can go through Marketatomy. And, you know, if a, if somebody comes to Marketatomy, what do they go through? And you mentioned the five phases, but where do, where do they start, you know, with the academy? Do they start working with you? What What's the whole experience is what I'm asking. I would you. say that the first thing they want to do is they go in and register, no charge, just register with Academy. Dot okay. Academy, just like it says on the screen. Just me. like on my Not screen. Dot com, dot Academy. We'll put dot a link in the show Academy. notes, but okay. Right, right. Good. So um, go ahead and do that. And then you can go in and you can look through the Academy. You can see the types of courses that we have in there. We have about 70 right now, I okay. think. Um, but we're And these constantly... are video courses? And some of them are video. Some of them are PowerPoint. Some of them are okay. just, you know, uh, words per se, okay. written, you know, all of them very graphically. It's very, it's a very clean, easy to follow site. Okay. okay? Um, we have set the academy up so that they can easily go from um, uh, what do I do now? What do I do next? You know, that type deal. We um, like you just follow the steps. Right. And the courses, they are all primarily within the range of say $25 to maybe $65. Oh, so, so everything's affordable all within their, their price range. There are some of them that are series. So you do have prerequisites. You go through, you know, the first right. one, second one, third one, you know. Um, yeah, well, the third one then, wouldn't make sense unless you did the first two, yeah. right? Yeah. And then um, by going through the Academy and registering with the Academy, they're immediately put into our system. So they will get notifications when new courses come on, you know, that type deal. Uh, they can go and sign up for courses. The nice thing is, is we have it set up to where's on our pricing strategy, they can purchase banks of credit. Okay. Okay. At yeah. a discounted rate. Okay. So up to 25% discount off of what the cost would be, say, for 50 credits. Right. Know? So I understand. So, so if they pre-buy... Pre-buy credits. credits. They're doing they can a discount. Pay by and then, credit. Yeah. Right. Okay. As opposed to dollars. Right. So um, so we've we've really taken into consideration a lot of that. With the academy, you also have access to our monthly, sometimes two, three times a month, free um information webinars. Okay. Okay. Which are given actually, by you? Yeah, by me, by my strategic partners. They might specialize, Got you it. know, in something like that. Um, for instance, right now we are, I am partnered with the U.S. government on um, creating awareness and driving 
micro business owners into the no bid federal contracts side of things. Right now okay. is a time I think I saw you, want to, about that on your website. Yeah, yeah. you want to get involved in federal contracting and okay. micro business owners don't have that experience. Right. And federal contracting in what areas? What what kind of things do the government Landscapers, handymen, you know, uh, house cleaning or, or commercial cleaning, you know, all different. We've got over 40, 400,000 federal buildings throughout the United States. All and of they're them all looking services. for and they yeah. and it's IT all bid, a bid process. Yeah. IT services, management consultants, you know, all of that. So um, that is one of the programs. As part of Marketatomy Academy, you will have firsthand information on a lot of this stuff so that you can get involved. Right? Very good. Very good. Uh, so we blue collar, be, white we collar, gray collar, the whole thing. Exactly. We want to be the resource for uh, micro business owners to get whatever information they need, the resources they need. Ultimately, my goal, my yeah. what you call a BHAG, big, hairy, right. audacious yep. goal. Yeah, okay. of course is to get in front of Congress okay. and um, get a bill passed so that if you're going for a new business license and you show that you've been certified in business courses, you're prepared to run your business, that you can qualify for incentives, federal incentives. Like grants or whatever. Grants and stuff like that. You show that you have done the work that needs to be done in order to effectively succeed in business. It would, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of resources out there, but yeah, a lot of it's hard to get to, or they don't understand it, or you know. So you're kind of I'm bringing firm, that together. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that if we can make a dent in the number of failed businesses and help those businesses succeed, yeah. it's going to pump more money into our GDP. No question about it. It's going to strengthen our labor force and strengthen the psyche of the business owner and their family environment. Yeah, you mentioned it before, and and it is a question still. You had a lot of people, you know, they call it the big quit, right? Everybody went yeah. and quit their jobs and said, well, I don't need to do this anymore. My life's more precious and we got to die and all this type of stuff. But now you have all these people forming these small businesses and, you know, you wonder how many of them are, are going to succeed, right? you know, that they won't have to go back to work or it's, you know, because it's not for everybody. It can be, but a lot yeah. of people don't take the time to, to say, okay, well, maybe I don't know this and I better learn it. And I think that's what, I mean, certainly what you and I are, you know, the, the word we're trying to get out to people. Um, but I, I think just human nature is that there's going to be a fair amount of people, there that, is. Not, there fail, is. not always fail, but maybe give up, you know, yeah. they, they don't want to do the things it's they need to hard, do. You know, or hard. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you, when you're talking about the baby boomers and stuff like that, that are up there and, and they're getting close to retirement, you know, and they realize, okay, I need this side hustle to help me manage finances in retirement, you know, that type right. deal. Um, you know, the government didn't do us any favors with our 401ks, you no. know, and, and stuff like that, right. our social security. Yeah. Um, not but, to live yeah. On in most cases. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, so, so yeah, that's, are going to have to work in retirement, basically. Yep, that's exactly it. So, um, that's, that's pretty much what market Academy is all about, you know, all right, we, good. So I know yeah. people can connect with you on LinkedIn, right? You're on LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn. Um, is it market is the main site marketatomy.com and the Academy yeah. is a piece of that. Okay. So exactly. if they went to the .com, they would still get to. Yes. The, the Academy, Academy is there. There's a tab for the Academy. Yeah. Very exactly. good. 
Yeah. And then we, we do have some books that are out there. You can go under my name, which is danaolivo.com. Right. I saw okay. that. You have so a I have my own site. author page. Yep. So you can you can go in and um, gain access through Amazon for any of my books. I think I've got five or six of them out there. Okay. Um, the, so we'll the, put that in the show notes too. We'll put a link to that as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, let's see. Uh, I think that's it. All right. So people should go. They can sign up for the Academy, but the Academy is self-help, right? So it's not like the semester starts June 1st, right? right? You can start whenever you're ready. It's evergreen. So they can go in and they can just take it at any time. You know, uh, they get certified. There's certificates that they get, you know, quizzes, et cetera. Very good. So it's a full full program. Excellent. Well, Dana, I can't, I'm glad that we connected through these sites. They, They actually work to get good yes. people together, to share good ideas. And uh, let's stay in touch and keep uh, sharing our message that obviously resonates with people and help people improve yeah. their chances of success. No, I look forward to it. And I look and forward to joining you on your podcast soon. Yes. Uh, no, to talk definitely. more about this stuff. Really? Really? Okay. Thanks, Dana. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music, and many of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted and produced by me, Mitch Beinhacker. If you'd like more information about my legal services, you can find me on social media or visit my website at beinhackerlaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.